Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 119. Today, as we continue our look at Proverbs, we're going to look at it and see something through our other passages as well about wisdom and suffering. You know, sometimes we suffer because we're foolish We don't make good decisions. And sometimes we suffer even when we're wise. And in our passages today, we'll hear some of that in Proverbs, but actually quite a bit of it in Psalm 40 and in 1 Thessalonians 2, and how suffering is a part of the Christian life. And we'll see how that all kind of works together as we work through our passages today. But we begin today with Proverbs chapter 24. Do not envy evil people. Do not desire to be with them. For their hearts contemplate violence and their lips speak harm. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. By knowledge its rooms are filled with all kinds of precious and pleasing treasures. A wise warrior is strong, and a man of knowledge makes his strength stronger. For with guidance you wage your war, and with numerous advisors there is victory. Wisdom is unattainable for a fool. In court he does not open his mouth. The one who plans to do evil will be called a scheming person. A foolish scheme is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to people. You have slacked off in the day of trouble. Your strength is small. Deliver those being taken away to death, and hold back those slipping to the slaughter. If you say, but we did not know about this, won't the one who evaluates hearts discern it? Won't the one who guards your life realize and pay each person according to his deeds? Eat honey, my child, for it is good, and honey from the honeycomb is sweet to your taste. Likewise, know that wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you have found it, you have a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Do not lie in wait like the wicked against the place where the righteous live. Do not assault his home. Indeed, a righteous person will fall seven times and then get up again, but the guilty will collapse in calamity. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. And when he stumbles, do not let your heart rejoice, lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn his wrath away from him. Do not fret because of evil people or be envious of wicked people, for the evil person has no future and the lamp of the wicked will be extinguished. Fear the Lord, my child, as well as the king, and do not associate with rebels, for suddenly their destruction will overtake them, and who knows the ruinous judgment both the Lord and the king can bring. These sayings also are from the wise. To show partiality and judgment is terrible. The one who says to the guilty, you are innocent, peoples will curse him and nations will denounce him. But there will be delight for those who convict the guilty and a pleasing blessing will come on them. Like a kiss on the lips is the one who gives an honest answer. Establish your work outside and get your fields ready. Afterward, build your house. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause, and do not deceive with your words. Do not say, I will do him just as he has done to me. I will pay him back according to what he has done. I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of one who lacks sense. 
I saw that thorns had grown up all over it. The ground was covered with weeds, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I scrutinized it. I was putting my mind to it. I saw. I took a lesson. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to relax, and your poverty will come like a bandit, and your need like an armed robber. These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah of Judah copied. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it is the glory of a king to search out a matter. As the heaven is high and the earth is deep, so the hearts of kings are unsearchable. Remove the dross from the silver, and material for the silvermith will emerge. Remove the wicked from before the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Do not honor yourself before the king, and do not stand in the place of great men. For it is better for him to say to you, Come up here, than to put you lower before a prince whom your eyes have seen. Do not go out hastily to litigation, or what will you do afterward when your neighbor puts you to shame? When you argue a case with your neighbor, do not reveal the secret of another person, lest the one who hears it put you to shame, and your infamy will never go away. Like apples of gold in settings of silver, so is a word skillfully spoken. Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover to the ear of the one who listens. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the heart of his masters. Like cloudy skies and wind that produce no rain, so is the one who boasts of a gift not given. Through patience a ruler can be persuaded, and a soft tongue can break a bone. You have found honey? Eat only what is sufficient for you, lest you become stuffed with it and vomit it up. Don't set your foot too frequently in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow, so is the one who testifies against a neighbor as a false witness. Like a bad tooth or a foot out of joint, so is confidence in an unfaithful person at the time of trouble. Like the one who takes off a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on soda, so is the one who sings songs to a heavy heart. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. The north wind brings forth rain, and a gossiping tongue brings forth an angry look. It is better to live on a corner of the housetop than in a house in company with a quarrelsome wife. Like cold water to a weary person, so is good news from a distant land. Like a muddied spring and a polluted well, so is a righteous person who gives way before the wicked. It is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable for people to seek their own glory. Like a city that is broken down and without a wall, so is a person who cannot control his temper. That's where we'll leave it again for today. Uh, lots of different areas again covered, but notice that a lot of times suffering uh, that is mentioned here and things that do not go well come from people who are making foolish decisions. But in contrast, that's not the only reason people sometimes suffer. We read now from Psalm 41, and in Psalm 41, a Psalm of David, we hear how David is calling out to God in the midst of trouble because that trouble has come from those around him who used to even be his friends those who supported him in the past. And so he's calling out to God for help. He's suffering in an unjust way from things that have happened to him that weren't the cause of, uh, of his foolishness, but are actually coming to him as suffering from outside. 
And so Psalm 41, I hope, will help us see how to suffer in those occasions as well. For the music director, a psalm of David. How blessed is the one who treats the poor properly. When trouble comes, may the Lord deliver him. May the Lord protect him and save his life. May he be blessed in the land. Do not turn him over to his enemies. The Lord supports him on his sickbed, and you and you have healed him from his illness. As for me, I said, O Lord, have mercy on me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. My enemies ask this cruel question about me. When will he finally die and be forgotten? When someone comes to visit, he pretends to be friendly. He thinks of ways to defame me, and when he leaves, he slanders me. All who hate me whisper insults about me to one another. They plan ways to harm me. They say, an awful disease overwhelms him, and now that he is bedridden, he will never recover. Even my close friend, whom I trusted, he who shared meals with me, has turned against me. As for you, O Lord, have mercy on me, and raise me up, so I can pay them back. By this I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemy does not triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me because of my integrity. You allow me permanent access to your presence. The Lord God of Israel deserves praise in the future and forever. We agree. We agree. And so I hope you were able to, to follow that as David cries out to God to help him in the midst of his sickness, in the midst of his suffering, and asking that God would heal him because he knows that even sometimes his closest people, the people he knew well, are actually wishing harm. And he's dealing with that pain by turning to God and realizing that God's presence is what he desperately needs. And that leads us to our final passage today from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, where Paul picks up this theme of suffering for the sake of Christ and how we can do that as well. And so let's turn now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. For you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, about our coming to you. It is not proven to be purposeless. But although we suffered earlier and were mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of much opposition. For the appeal we make does not come from error or impurity or with deceit, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we declare it, not to please people, but God, who examines our hearts. For we never appeared with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is our witness, nor to seek glory from people, either from you or from others. Although we could have imposed our weight as apostles of Christ, instead we became little children among you, like a nursing mother caring for her own children. With such affection for you, we were happy to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. For you recall, brothers and sisters, our toil and drudgery. By working night and day so as not to impose a burden on any of you, we preach to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God, as to how holy and righteous and blameless our conduct was toward you who believe. As you know, we treated each one of you as a father treats his own children, exhorting and encouraging you and insisting that you live in a way worthy of God who calls you to his own kingdom and his glory. And so we too constantly thank God that when you received God's message that you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human message, but as it truly is, God's message, which is at work among you who believe. 
For you became imitators, brothers and sisters, of God's churches in Christ Jesus that are in Judea, because you too suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they in fact did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and persecuted us severely. They are displeasing to God and are opposed to all people, because they hinder us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. Thus they constantly fill up their measure of sins, but wrath has come upon them completely. But when we were separated from you, brothers and sisters, for a short time, in presence, not in affection, we became all the more fervent in our great desire to see you in person. For we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, in fact, tried again and again, but Satan thwarted us. For who is our hope, our joy, or crown to boast or bef- of before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not, of course, you? For you are our glory and joy. What an amazing thing the Apostle Paul here is saying. He's saying, in one sense, that because they believed in Jesus and they've turned to God in faith, they are suffering in the same way that Paul and Silas and Silvanus and Timothy have suffered, the same way other Christians had suffered, because they are suffering for the sake of Jesus, just as Jesus himself suffered. And this isn't a suffering to pay for sins. It's a suffering that's a realization that when you are part of a of the family of God, when you belong to God yourself, that you actually suffer because there's people who don't want Jesus. There's people who don't want you to love Jesus. And there's a battle that's going on that leads to suffering that is not meant to draw you away from God, but actually a suffering that's meant to draw you ever closer to him, recognizing that in his strength, out of the love that he has shown us, we can actually suffer in a way that brings God glory, in a way that says, I am willing to suffer because I belong to the God who loves me and will never let me go. And he is enough. Even if I suffer here in this world, that is nothing compared to belonging to him and being loved by him forever. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.